All right. We are live. The Xbox Two podcast is up in the air. I don't even know why I said that, but what is going on, people? Randall Thor 19, the man with the million back again with a new episode of the Xbox Two, not on Wednesday, on Friday. Damn you, Comcast and your internet. Uh, I know, right? And with me, as always, my right-hand man, the one I couldn't do this show without, Jez Corden from Windows Central. What's up, Jez? Hi, man. I'm just... Um, I've had a rough week, so I'm glad it's Friday, and I'm so glad that this weekend is here, and all I'm going to do is play games and do nothing else. Oh, how are you, man? It's uh, I'm doing all right. You know, I had a I had a test this week in one of my classes, which I aced very well. Got a paperback, which I did extremely well on, and I've been playing a lot of games this week. So there's a lot to talk about. One in particular, which we're going to go on a deep dive on which is uh, Sea of Thieves. Uh, I put a ton of time into it. Uh, You put a ton of time into it. And we're going to go talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. Uh, We're also going to be talking about uh, Microsoft's new cloud gaming division and what that actually means for you, for us. Does it mean Xbox exclusives on PS4, Jazz? We'll discuss that, uh, and you know maybe maybe talk about the Dugata War gameplay and and some of the other kind of smaller uh, news items. So, as always, before we get started, I want to thank you guys for being in chat here on YouTube, and if you're listening uh, later on on uh, iTunes or uh, you know Podbean or SoundCloud, we thank you very much. Hope you enjoyed the show, and uh, let's get started. So, Jez. Uh, we always go with you first. Uh, what is what is your week of gaming been like? Well, I am thoroughly addicted to Surviving Mars. I won't go into Surviving Mars in too much detail because we talked about it on the last two shows. So if you want to know what I think of Surviving Mars, check out last week's podcast on iTunes or here on YouTube and stuff like that. But um, I absolutely love it. I'm totally addicted to it. Um, the developers just announced like their roadmap and they're going to add a bunch of features for free and they've already patched some of the, the bugs I, and issues I had when I reviewed the game. So uh, I'm pretty excited for the future of that game. I've just, I just like city builds and simulators. I just, I don't know what it is. In my I'm opinion. not a fan of that type. So it doesn't, doesn't I, those type of games never <laughs> appeal to me. I never used to be. I don't know what it is. I just, I just got really hooked on Skylines for some reason. And now I'm really hooked on this. I, I I'm not quite sure what it is, but yeah, there it is. I've also been playing Far Cry 5 a little bit because um, planning to review Far Cry 5 next week. Um, uh, it comes out on Tuesday, if I remember right. Indeed it does. Yeah, I can't really talk about Far Cry 5 because I'm under embargo, but uh, it looks pretty cool from all them trailers and stuff. Um also, obviously, I've been playing Sea of Thieves quite a bit. Um, we'll be talking about that more in later. Uh, and also, I've been playing more Monster Hunter World because I you and Monster. Of that going. I honestly think Monster Hunter World is going to be your game of the year. So far, I think it is actually like so far. Nothing else has really come close to Monster Hunter World. I just, I absolutely adore it and they just added a giant t- uh, t-rex like monster called devil devil joe to the game who i believe is from previous monster on the games that i have not played 
but this this monster eats other monsters, so it's pretty badass. But Capcom are really killing it lately. They topped MPD with Monster Hunter World across all platforms, and they um they're updating the game consistently. the The game has no uh, microtrans, uh, no uh, loot crates, no pay to win. All the microtransactions are just you buy them if you want them. Cosmetics, which I really like, uh, emotes and stuff like that like nothing no big deal so yeah uh, really really elated with Monster Hunter World and I'm excited to see where it'll go from here but other than that yeah it's been a Sea of Thieves week what have you Indeed. been playing man? um man like you I've been playing Far Cry 5 and like you I can't talk about it until next week sometime <laughs> um like you I'll say hey those trailers look pretty damn good <laughs> you know yeah so uh tune in next week to for my impression my review of far cry uh can't say anything more than that uh what else i've been playing i like you have played sea of thieves a ton uh but we'll talk about that in its own segment uh what i do want to talk about is a game i finished i started and finished last night and put a review out for earlier and it has a way out you uh you know this game jazz yeah a way out um I was off the review copy, but I don't have any friends, so I decided to give it a miss because it requires co-op, doesn't it? Uh, yes, it does. It, it, that's the thing, and it kind of has going for it. Is is uh, it's a very unique co-op experience. So you can only play it if you have someone to play it with, whether it's local co-op or online. The cool thing, though, since the game is thirty dollars, you don't have to buy two copies. I buy a copy and say you don't have it, uh, you can download the free trial, and we can co-op, co-op together, and you can play the entire game without purchasing it. Yeah, that is, a, that is a cool aspect of it. But like during the review period, that part wasn't live, so I, you had to have a co-op partner, So and uh, didn't. So I haven't played it. What do you think of it? Um, I thought it was a really, really good game. I gave it an 8.5 in my review. Uh, it's it's definitely maybe the most unique co-op game I've ever played. Um, you know, it does have some issues. Some spots don't look very well. The dialogue can little be a little bit cringy and stilted. The voice acting can kind of uh, fall flat in certain aspects. But when the game shines is when uh, you're doing these co-op experiences at the same time on the same screen. That's the thing. Like, normal game, you have the full TV screen to yourself, Right. But in this one, it's always split screen. So left side of the screen is one character and right side of the screen is the other. And I thought I wouldn't like that, but it actually really elevates the game, in my opinion, because you can see what's going on from each character's perspective, even if you're only controlling the other. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, and the stories, while told, the ending, guys, the ending, don't read anything about the story or how it progresses and what happens at the end. Be surprised uh because it's i'm not going to say anything more than that you know what i mean yeah i've i've heard that the, it has plot twists and stuff so i'm curious as to where it goes but it's got pretty good, pretty good reviews people seem to like it so um i do want to check it out especially since you can play it with a friend without well, them owning the game yeah and, I, and one of those friends is calling me on the phone right now probably to play it but <laughs> um it's definitely worth playing especially since you can kind of uh you can kind of get the game for $15 if you have a friend that pays for it, or you can go half. 
it's definitely worth a playthrough. It's only about five hours long. Uh, and I highly recommend it. You, and you know, honestly, the game feels like a, um, like an evolved version of life is strange or a telltale game. Uh, there are a lot of instances where you're walking around, interacting with the environment, speaking to people. And that really feels like, like life is strange or telltale. One of those kind of, a uh, narrative focus games. Uh, so it, it shines in that area, but then sometimes when you talk to some of the other characters, it really doesn't, you know what I mean? Like some of the characters are, don't look good and they're, they're, uh, what they say is pretty, pretty bad. Or at least the dialogue is not good, but I highly recommend a way out. I think it's really cool. And, uh, so yeah, that's, that's what we've been playing this week. Um, man, I, you know, I can't wait to talk about Far Cry five next week, jazz. Cause we can talk about it fully, uh, Wednesday next week. Yes, we can. Because it'll be out. It'll be that'll be an interesting discussion. Um, yeah. So, do you want to move on to some of the topics? Yeah, man. Let's do this. Um, you, you want? All right. We'll we'll go with the light one first because I want to get your take on this because I did a video about it. Um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two Remaster is real. I don't know if you saw this thing, right? I did see. What do you think about the fact that it doesn't? It's not going to have multiplayer. You know, the first thing I thought when when that happened was. They're, what they're going to do is they're going to release they're going to release Modern Warfare, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 as a campaign, and then release the multiplayer as a DLC or something. So that way they can charge full price for the full game, but sell it you in two parts. So you think you're getting it cheaper, but you're Brilliant. actually not. Kind of like kind of like how they did it with the the Modern Warfare One remaster, where you had to buy Infinite Warfare 2. It's like. I, I, I'm convinced this is what they're doing here because there's no way, no way they aren't aware that people want to play the multiplayer. There's no freaking way. So I think <laughs> for them to not be doing the multiplayer after they did the first one in multiplayer, it just seems completely unlikely to me. So this could be the scummiest ever remaster play in history, <sighs> but also genius. Because everyone is going to buy it. I'm going to buy it. I'll, buy, I'll be there day one, Jazz. So will I. I really like Modern Warfare 2's multiplayer. I never even touched the campaign, though. Oh, so, I'm only in it for, for the campaign. I, I, I actually like this because it gets, it gets me to campaign. play the campaign for a cheaper price. I well, love it. Well, fair, fair enough. I, 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 don't like, I don't like Call of Duty campaigns. The, the, they just feel like shooting galleries. Like, like you're playing the multiplayer, but with dumb AI enemies. I just don't like it. But, um, I'll, I'll probably buy it for the multiplayer if they do. If they do what I said and release it as a as a DLC for the campaign, if they do that, I'm gonna hate them. You know what? I think I'll be I'd be so disgusted that I won't do it. But I'd be so, I'd be so disgusted if they do that. Do you think <laughs> they? You think they're doing it to protect? World War Two and uh, Black Ops Four. Do you think maybe the idea of bun bundling the first remaster with Infinite Warfare had a little hand in Infinite Warfare not taking off because they split the multiplayer user bases? Well, maybe, but at the same time, don't release three Call of Duty games in the space of two years. How about that one? Mm. Don't do that. I mean, you do got a point. Space there. Them out. Make it a proper remaster and release it as. A you know, proper game. What they could have done is they could have done modern the Modern Warfare series and done like Modern Warfare 1 and 2 as a single package 
with all the maps together in one package, both campaigns in one package, um, with fully remastered graphics and all that stuff. Sold it for full price, and um, that would have been amazing. Like that could have been that year's Call of Duty, and it would have sold ridiculously ridiculous amounts without being shitty to the user base. But instead, they've they've released them both in the scummiest, most money grubbing way possible because that's Activision, isn't it? Yeah, that's the Activision way. I, I think it's really funny, you know, because like EA, EA is often referred to as the most evil one, right? EA is EA is the big bad, but really. Activision is so much worse than EA often is. And the thing is, Activision seemed to get away with it because people expect that of Activision. You know, we've come to just accept that that is Activision. That is who they are. They they get a franchise, they milk it till it's, you know, a, a corpse on the ground, you know, and then they move on to the next game like they did with Guitar Hero, like they're doing to Call of Duty now. They're going to milk the hell out of that. You see, you know, Call I of must, Duty Battle Royale is on the way. You've got to believe that. I must be one of the few people who actually enjoys the Call of Duty campaigns. Like, Infinite Warfare was really good to me. Uh, World War II was even a, a fantastic campaign. And some of my earlier favorites were Modern Warfare 1 and Modern Warfare 2. I love those campaigns. I think they're great kind of popcorn entertainment. And I have no time for the multiplayer. Like, I'm not saying that the multiplayer is not good. I mean, I enjoyed it, but I don't really care. So it's like, yeah, give me the give me the campaign for twenty five bucks or whatever the price is going to be. I'll be there day one. But with that said, I know I'm the like super minority on that, and I have to wonder. I'm like, you know, we I saw Sam say this in chat. They already showed they're scared of Red Dead Two, right? Moving from November to uh, early October to get out in front of it. You know, maybe they're also afraid of what putting one of the most mo- popular uh multiplayer call of duty games also would have a negative impact on black ops 4 so they figured you know what we're just not going to do that you know well that's the thing it's just like well don't release it then you know why because they want that money they want that cash money it's 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 definitely a weird it's definitely a weird thing i mean i guess like they're catering they're potentially catering to overlapping but potentially separate audiences there because i ain't gonna touch black ops 4 i am i have zero i have less than no interest in that game it's coming out the same year as a new battlefield probably so you know most most serious fps players are gonna are gonna play battlefield you know because uh battlefield is for mature uh, for mature gamers for mature gamers such as myself you know but uh <laughs> so i'm not gonna get i'm not gonna touch black ops 4 but i i would touch modern warfare 2 for that that nostalgia value you know i i, I would touch it for that um and i think the, those kind of players who have got a bit older and become um uh become cynical towards call of duty kind of like i have you know i did i did get uh uh, Call of Duty World War World War Two, and I do think it's a very good game. But again, I play when I played Call of Duty World War Two. I reminded why I don't like it anymore: the the crappy servers, 
the weird hit hit detection like the way just everything it just feels worse than battlefield personally and i know there's plenty of people who prefer call of duty to battlefield and they're not really directly comparable games because you know battlefield is more of a tactical thing and call of duty is more of a twitch shooter but it's like if i'm going to play if i'm going to play and progress in one shooter it's always going to be battlefield because i I, pref- I believe it offers the better experience as, i mean yeah shooter game. i agree I've, if i had to play a multiplayer game it definitely would be battlefield i'm more of a battlefield multiplayer gamer than a call of duty but yeah, on the so, flip side i'm much more of a call of duty campaign kind of guy than a battlefield campaign yeah, kind ba- of guy. battlefield campaigns are in another league of bad usually <laughs> i mean yeah. like i did i did force myself through battlefield one campaign uh for a while because i was i was just interested in the history and the way they'd portray that and um it was it was pretty cool like it was it was very well done and it's very i felt it was very respectful to the source that you know the 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 history of what happened and it was sort of like they didn't glorify anything you know it wasn't like call of duty world war ii where you've got loot crates falling from the sky on normandy beach like in the most disgusting gaudy lack <laughs> of respect to the people who died in that war it's just it's just kind of sickening but at least battlefield one was like they were a bit more they, they acknowledge the horrors of that war you know what while turning into a uh, fun sure at the same time you know it's and i admit it's a it's a weird discussion to have and you can't really have it in a in a brief sort of way like this but uh, i just felt i just felt battlefield was more respectable but still i um still really forgettable man i, I don't remember battlefield one's campaign at all because it was just super forgettable and i feel that way about call of duty as well i don't remember any call of duty campaigns any of them that i played and i, st- I stopped playing them after um Call of Duty World, World at War because I was just like, man, these are just snooze fest, man. And I stopped playing Call of Duty altogether after Black Ops One because it was just apparent that they were just going to re-release the same game over and over and over and over. And so far, I haven't really been wrong. That engine is crying out to be put down. <laughs> it's uh, it's getting a bit long in the tooth, long in the tooth, man. It sure has. But, but um, did yeah. so. There's there's this other battle kind of brewing, and I wanted to talk about it really quickly. PUBG versus Fortnite, and how basically Fortnite has come to dominate Battle Royale, and PUBG's kind of fallen off in popularity. Have you noticed this, Jazz? Yeah, it's hard not to notice it, man. I mean, you know when a game's big when everyone's kids are playing it? You know, mm-hmm. and like, I've had like, when like non, non-gamers are asking me, like, what the hell's Fortnite? You know, um, Fortnite is kind of slipping into the mainstream consciousness that um only certain franchises do like your grand theft oil your minecraft your call of duty fortnite is starting to slip into that mainstream consciousness in a way that PUBG just hasn't so um while PUBG is still very much popular with gamers fortnite is the game that's going mainstream and mainstreaming the uh the genre so even though i think PUBG is the better game personally um that's mostly for you know more like an aesthetic thing they're not directly comparable because uh fortnite plays almost in a much more arcade sort of style there's like lot there's there's more mechanics whereas PUBG is a lot more tactical and focuses on the realism of the of the whole the whole idea of battle royale but it is interesting isn't it how it is like PUBG t- was like sorry just just PUBG was the darling and then fortnite was like, oh, by the way, we're a base building game. And then like, oh, actually, let's become a Battle Royale game. And then pivoted over the summer. Pivoted so hard. And then all of a sudden, 
it's now huge. Probably it's got to be on Epic Games' biggest game. Oh, by far. I mean, I've even seen some of the uh, like MPD analysts say it's the biggest thing in gaming since World of Warcraft. Jesus. Like to what to be like we don't normally see uh, games explode, right? Uh, I mean, Call of Duty exploded back in like 2007, 2008, and it's been ever since that way. The other game that you can kind of look at and and kind of see it happening was Minecraft. How Minecraft started out and how it just exploded in popularity, right? And then we're here, ground floor for the explosion of Battle Royale. You know, PUBG is selling 30 million copies in one year on the PC, selling f- over 5 million copies in three or four months on the Xbox. And I remember people like, you got to lock this game down, Microsoft. You got to look at lock it down. But then you see Fortnite, like a game like you mentioned, that was a, a PvE base building game, switch gears, becomes Battle Royale, and is now the hottest thing ever like eclipsing PUBG, and it's just it's amazing to watch it grow it's amazing to see like ninja who is a streamer on twitch become the biggest twitch streamer playing it with freaking drake playing it with the wide receiver from the steelers seeing kids in the ncaa basketball tournament talk about Fortnite in post-game victories having my sister my sister ask me about Fortnite, like how that game so easily and so quickly entered the mainstream vernacular is astounding to me. Yeah, you know what I mean. It. Uh, I mean, there were, everyone when when PUBG was exploding, everyone knew there was something about that formula which was gold dust. That it was the formula more than anything else about PUBG that worked. You know, uh, PUBG was this clunky, ugly game. Um, that was full of hackers on PC, and yet it was exploding like nothing else. And um, there was you had to everyone knew there was some kind of magic there. So Fortnite basically took that, gave it a more accessible aesthetic, because whereas PUBG has this sort of aggressive sort of macho aesthetic that is associated with core gamers. It's got the the military aesthetic, the you know the the you know that's the sort of washed out realistic tones and the the whole call of duty thing going on you know so that that's that is very much a gamer's game whereas fortnite it went full-on cartoony graphics they were like we can make this accessible as possible super bright super colorful and um they polished it to hell and made it like 60 frames per second on consoles which um PUBG is never going to achieve it's just <laughs> nope. never, it's never going to happen and also it's free that's the so, big thing because GQ Gamer just said if Fortnite was 30 bucks, would it be as big as it is? And I would say no. Hell no, it wouldn't. But um, it's genius, you know. And um, credit to Epic Games. They, they, I mean, they ripped it off to hell, but man, they ripped it off good and they showed exactly how to do it. And because Epic Games are the, you know, they own the Unreal Engine and Unreal is compatible with iOS, it was built for ios as well you know they made infinity blade and stuff like that um if i'm remembering the name of that game right but they uh they ported it to ios really really fast because they they know their engine inside out upside down and backwards and now it's it got to the top of the app store in like minutes yeah it's not even probably out yet i don't think it's like invite only or something it's pretty amazing it's taken over the world and it's and it's it's such a stark contrast to how not only PUBG and Bluehole does it, but also Destiny, because Fortnite puts out updates like every day. They change things, right? 
And like you look at Blue Hole and they're like, here's our roadmap. It's going to take time. And then you see like Destiny 2 and they're like, here's our three month roadmap to remove one marker over this person's head. In <laughs> Fortnite, it's like, this thing doesn't work. Here's a patch one hour later. You know, the ability to like uh, modify and change your game on the fly to add new moves like 50 versus 50 or 25 versus 25 versus 25 versus 25 to keep the game fresh, to add new weapons yeah. all the time. It's it's quite amazing to watch, you know. They're, they're in a st- that's the thing though. Like Blue Hole is this sort of scrappy indie company, you know, and they they partnered with Xbox because they had scaling problems. They couldn't scale fast enough to meet the demand and to meet the expectations of an exploding fan base and this is this virality that PUBG had. They just couldn't scale fast enough so they had to partner with someone they partnered with tencent and they partnered with mark both tencent and microsoft to try and scale faster and they still haven't been able to scale fast enough meanwhile epic games who know the unreal engine up you know inside out and backwards because they built it and also their established studio that was working on multiple projects of veteran game developers you know and um you know on it's epic games you know they made Unreal Tournament and and Gears, Gears of War, of War and, yeah. and stuff like that, and they know they know gaming, even though they haven't really had uh, a solid victory for a while, and they they've they've been trying to rip off other games recently. I mean, Paragon, yeah, well, they don't need to rip off anything else anymore. They got no, the biggest not. winner. They're made. They are made. Yep. And but that's that's sort of like the almost like the the Valve formula where. Valve sort of takes an establish uh, a growing game or a growing paradigm, and they just sort of put their own spin on it and polish it up a bit. And uh, Epic basically did that with uh, PUBG, and to their credit, look at it now, it's it's huge. And um, Epic have sort of struggled along for a few years, just sort of being known for developing the engine, mm-hmm. and then out of nowhere, boom, they're back to the top, back to the top of the pile. I remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I remember playing Unreal Tournament as a kid. Uh, every day we used to play Unreal Tournament, and we, you know, it was I loved it. There was no, there was no shooter that I've loved more s- since actually Unreal Tournament 1999. I used to play all day, every day. Modded the hell out of that game. Uh, you know, and my my friend was so pro at that game. He he like he could beat people using aimbots because it was just it was just ridiculous. You know where all the shield belt pickles were off by heart played that game so much and then like in the subsequent years just sort of watching epic games sort of not meet those expectations like the the following on real tournament games weren't that great ut3 was really not that well received and stuff like that and now to see them back on top again it's it's kind of nice you know it is hey really quickly we have like 340 people watching. If you're enjoying the show, do me and Jazz a favor and hit that like button, share out the uh, link. Uh, really appreciate everybody tuning in on this Friday. I know I'm normally doing on Wednesday, but uh, you know, bef- last the last thing I want to talk about on this specific topic was so I know Microsoft tried to buy Bluehole, right? At least that's the word on the streets, right? Uh, they Bluehole didn't want to be be bought. Um. Do you think it'd be worth it for Microsoft to buy them now? Because it seems like the popularity of PUBG is only on the decline. Uh, or do you think it's... I mean, what do you think about that? Should they buy it? Because essentially they'd be cheaper. PUBG might be on its last leg. 
Or do you think PUBG has done as much as it could do for Xbox and there's no point well, in trying to extend the deal any further? Well, let's get something straight right here now. PUBG is not struggling. You know, no. They've still got a huge player base. They've still you know, got a, loads of concurrent players on Xbox and on PC. I don't, I don't think PUBG is going to suddenly fall down and evaporate because even though it's buggy as hell, it's still off, it still offers something different to Fortnite. It, like, for example, if I was going to play Fortnite or PUBG, I'd pick PUBG every single time because I don't like Fortnite's aesthetic. And um, even though I'm, I'm probably not going to pick either because Battlefield 5 is coming out of this year. So, um, and also I prefer Battlefield 1 to both of them. But um, I don't know if they, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's too late to buy Blue Hole now because the whole Tencent thing. What, what, is, what is their deal with Tencent look like? And that, this is another thing that we didn't mention. Um, that Tencent owns a huge stake in Epic Games. So Tencent <laughs> is making tons of cash on Fortnite and PUBG. Which and is Tencent hilarious. just bought a minority share in Ubisoft. Wow. So Tencent's taken over the world. Did you? I don't know if you saw Z Huge's thing. Uh, Tencent made, I think it was like $18 billion last year in revenue. <laughs> and it was like Jeez. if you combine Activision, EA, Take Two, and Ubisoft, they come out to sixteen billion. So ten cents like the biggest game publisher in the world, basically. That is, that is just ridiculous. So a lot, of, uh, and the funny thing is, most gamers haven't even heard of them. Nope, nope. They they do a lot of phone games, a lot of games over in China and stuff like that. But it's an interesting discussion about like the PUBG thing, like. I, I see some people saying, hey, maybe now's the time for Xbox to buy them. You know, the value might be a little bit lower. But then you think, I mean, PUBG might have done all it can for Xbox at this point. Because now, PUBG might have a hard time gaining traction on the PlayStation. Because Fortnite is so entrenched there, right? And by the time uh, PUBG comes out on PlayStation, whether it's, you know, three months from now or, or you know, a year, like end of the year you're gonna have battle royale modes in red dead you're gonna have battle royale mode in battlefield you're gonna have a battle royale mode in like almost all these games because you know these developers and publishers pay attention to what's popular so maybe it's in the best interest for blue hole to get more money and extend a deal with microsoft because i'm not sure people would even on playstation would even care to play PUBG at that point you know what i mean yeah, I mean, it would be nice. It would add to the value proposition for Xbox if PUBG was exclusive. And like I said earlier, I do think that PUBG offers something different to Fortnite, and that they can coexist. It's not like they're they do compete in a similar space, but they do offer something different. Each game offers something different, and also um, Fortnite's free to uh, free to play. So there's like they are popular because of that reason too. Um, you could argue for days about which is the actual, but which game offers seriously the better gameplay. I mean, disregarding the the clunkiness of PUBG and its engine and stuff like that. But you know, um, they offer some. I, I I think they offer something different. And um, I think uh, PUBG, when it does hit PlayStation, and it will hit PlayStation m- most likely, I think uh, it'll be very popular. Even though that there's going to be other PUBG type clones mm. out there. And thanks, Alan Savage, for that super chat, man. Yeah, ten dollar donor for you, man. Yeah, hit that, hit that like button, folks. Support the show, but um, 
there was interesting discussion about PUBG and Fortnite. I can't wait to see where both these games stand a year from now, right? Like what happens a year from now? But we're going to move on to uh, the main topic, or at least one of the two main topics, and that's Sea of Thieves. I know Jez has been uh, chomping at the bit to talk about it. I saw you had a long post on Twitter, multi-threaded, talking about the game. Uh, you know, it's we're gonna, like I said, we're going to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. I posted my review. Uh, I gave it an 8, but then I slept on it and decided, you know what, it's more like a 7. Because uh, I listened to some of my earlier reviews about games I gave an 8 to. And it didn't feel like that. So I lowered my review score to a seven, but this game is getting trashed uh, by critics. It's getting trashed by fans uh, on other platforms. Um, I've seen a lot of people taking joy in the fact that um, Sea of Thieves is not doing that well, but then nobody knows how well they're doing. Shout out to Sam for the uh, dollar uh, donation there. Thanks, Sam. Um, Do you want to start, Jez? You want to, you want to give your, full take on on sea of thieves i'll give mine and we'll talk about you know because i i have a feeling we might have differing opinions on this one here i don't know if we will run because um i actually haven't seen your take on it yet okay okay so basically um i mean to summarize what i tweeted out i i kind of got the impression that um people were going to have it was going to be a polarizing game because depending on your personal experience in the space of a week, you could either have an amazingly positive experience, meeting friendly players, doing wacky things, you know, and stuff like that. Or you can have an absolutely critical, critically depressing experience where, you know, you've you've been corpse camped or you've spent an hour doing tedious uh, fetching only to get killed at the last minute by some asshole pirates shouting racist stuff into the microphone, which is what happened to me. Um, so I completely see the polarization there and it, it's been reflected in the review score to some degree. Um, having said that, um, I think some of, one of the things that the, the anti CFTs bandwagon has, has jumped on is the, the game's perceived lack of content. Well, I think, I think this idea is funny because, um, uh, people seem to be content to, run across a field for 30 minutes in PUBG sometimes not ever seen another player and doing it in Sea of Thieves is somehow bad you know and that's not to say that not to, to compare the games directly but the thing is the whole idea of the traveling in PUBG and the whole idea of the traveling in Sea of Thieves is that you will run into these player driven emergent experiences now Player, player-driven emergent experiences. You can argue for them or against them, and that's sort of where Sea of Thieves, I think, falls down a little bit. Is because they have built, they have built Sea of Thieves as an adventure game. Mm-hmm. They told me, um, they told me in uh, at E3 that Sea of Thieves is an RPG. They actually called it an RPG. It ain't no RPG. And you know, and that's um maybe their definition of RPG is that you play a role as a pirate and it's a role playing game. But that's not that's not my definition of RPG. My definition of RPG is your character is growing, your character is uh, you know, ultimately on some kind of journey and stuff like that. 
Sea of Thieves is an open world PvP game, I think. I think it's a PvP game through and through. And um I think for uh I don't think Rare's marketing and Microsoft's marketing, I don't think they emphasize that enough that it is a true PvP game. They included a solo mode because of feedback from the alpha, like people saying, oh, we need, we need feedback in the alpha, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I mean, we need, we need solo mode uh, from the alpha and stuff like that. And everyone was asking for the solo mode because some people don't like playing with friends and stuff like that. But the fact that it has a solo mode is, um, the fact that it has a solo mode is kind of wrong because it isn't a solo game. It's, it's just kind of, it's terrible to play solo. Have you played? Have you played? Solo? I, have, I played two hours solo. It's, it's not fun. The game is meant to be played with friends, preferably as many friends as possible. It's like I get it. I tried playing solo just to experience it, but it was frustrating. It was frustrating, you know, figuring out where do I need to go, getting off the wheel, going down to look at the map table, doing all that stuff yourself. I could mm. see people liking that aspect of it, but for me personally. Uh, the game shined when you're playing with your friends. That's when it's at its best. When there's four players, everybody's working together as a crew, right? Um, there's just, there's not a lot of content in the game. Like, I know what the game truly is about, right? It's not about the fetch quests, right? Which is all the quests are, they basically are all just fetch quests. It's about the emergent experiences you can have in between going for those fetch quests the problem for me is the lack of progression it's all cosmetic right so the fact that i'm not progressing in any meaningful manner i'm not getting more health i'm not doing more damage my ship doesn't take more damage i don't have uh the ability to hold my breath underwater more the fact that there isn't that for me makes me less inclined to go on these quests to potentially have those emergent gameplay experiences yeah. You know what I mean? I would be, if it did offer some RPG elements of increasing your health and stuff, I would put up with the boring fetch quest aspects to potentially have those great experiences because I've had a couple cool stories. But after playing the game 20 hours, I, I've i seen everything there is to see. I've been on all the islands. I've done every type of quest. They're all basically the same. And it's like, what am I doing this for? Like, there's no, there's, I don't want to lock a better coat and shout out to GQ gamer. He says for the, for the $5 super chat, Rand, why so critical of Sea of Thieves for a comedic progression only game? Then love PUBG that does the same thing. And I've seen this comment quite a bit. PUBG is a multiplayer game similar to Halo and Call of Duty. The point of PUBG and games like it is to be the very best. It's to outwit and outsmart and outplay the under the other hundred people in the game. That is the purpose of any multiplayer game is to be the best. The enjoyment that you get from playing the game is that's what that that's the enjoyment you get is being number one. The problem with Sea of Thieves, not saying it's a terrible game by any stretch of the imagination, there's a great foundation here to build on, is they want you to make your own experience. It's like here, here's the here's the quest. Go do it. Did you have fun? Did you not have fun? Did you have that emergent uh, experience? If you didn't, then oh well. 
But in PUBG, those happen all the time because it's classic player versus player interaction where the combat is is actually good and 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 and, and enticing. Whereas the combat and and Sea of Thieves, you know, the the sword combat and the blunderbuss combat and the pistol combat is is just basic as you can get. The ship to ship combat with the cannons and stuff is fantastic. You could tell they spent a lot of time doing that. But I got no pleasure uh, from killing a pirate on their ship as I would killing a guy in PUBG or making an awesome play in Halo and helping my team to victory. That's why um, that's why the multiplayer in, in those type of games, even though there's no progression, so to speak, that's why they're still fun because it's 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 about being the best, period. It's about outwitting and outlive, you know, surviving all the others. Whereas in Sea of Thieves, it's not. Uh, and shout out to Jeremy for the fifteen dollar uh, donation, saying that GQ Gamer is clueless. Eh, he's not clueless. I mean, there is a point to what he's saying. Uh, you know, where you criticize Sea of Thieves for one thing for lack of progression, but then say PUBG is different. Um, I don't know. What do you think about what do you think about that? The whole PUBG versus Sea of Thieves thing, Jazz. Well, this is the thing. Someone in chat just said. Um... Uh, Jez, why did you say it was going to be the next PUBG? And, and, and uh, why did you say there was more content in the game when you went to Rare? Now, first of all, I was talking about the Kraken, which uh, I hadn't actually played. I'd only been teased. And I was talking about stuff like the Merchant's Quest, which I thought there was more to it than there was, but I didn't get, didn't get hands-on time with that either. Also, I think all the times that I played the game previously, the they rare, rare told me that the the frequency of seeing other ships in Sea of Thieves was supposed to be 15 minutes. It ain't 15 minutes. <laughs> I don't know if they've changed it because um, uh, because of server load or something like that. But I was playing for two. I was playing. How long was I playing? I was playing for an hour and a half yesterday. I didn't see a single ship. In an hour and a half. Um, in an hour and a half. You know, and which, if you want to play it like PUBG, where you are sailing around killing other players, which is what I like doing in Sea of Thieves. Um, I like sabotaging people. I like blowing them up. Um, it's annoying when you can't find ships, and sometimes you just can't find ships. Um, I don't think the ship ratio in live is high enough. And obviously, when I played it at rare, it was under optimal. It was under optimal conditions where everyone was sort of thrown into the same same server and stuff like that so i think they need to for people who do want it to be a more interactive pvp experience they need to do something like up the amount of ships that you can have in any sort of place um uh because sometimes you just can't find anything and they they do have systems in the game to drive those experiences for example but they're just um they're just not fun though they're just not well designed. Like for example, um, I was just about to talk about the uh, the the cloud forts, for example, right? So if you want to compare Sea of Thieves to PUBG, in the sense that it's this open world free for all, you know, um, the skull forts uh, they're kind of like the the supply drops in the dark zone in the division. The, a giant skull appears in the sky, and you can go, you can go to that skull fort and battle over loot. Now, the loot is usually about 15,000 gold, and you have to battle waves and waves and waves of skeletons to get the loot. The combat isn't good enough to support it. 
Yeah, you know I, mean? I don't. I don't think to uh, the gunplay has been tuned to support crossplay between PC and Xbox One. So to to not like the guns are really slow to not give PC gamers an advantage over people using a controller, and it works pretty well. But the pro the trade off there is that fighting skeletons is really painful and frankly. boring and and boring yeah like the the sword combat is is it feels like it came out of the 360 era it feels slow like using a two-handed weapon in oblivion or something um and also uh the skeletons on that fun to fight you know and the fact that there's only skeletons in the game and that maybe a few color swaps like there's black skeletons and white skeletons and gold skeletons and is and i i remember like i said to rare when I first, the very first time I played Sea of Thieves, one of my first bits of feedback was the skeletons need ragdoll physics because when you when you kill them, they just sort of disappear in a puff of smoke, and it stops your weapons from feeling impactful. Like, and they they never changed it. And I suppose part part of that is adding ragdoll physics would increase server load maybe because they have to track the positions of all the different skeletal bits or whatever. But um, but the the, the problem there is that the weapon. The PvE combat just doesn't feel good. So, okay, so you go into a skeleton fort, not for PvE combat, but to find other players to kill. Now, the problem there is, is that when you, um, when you uh, get, when you are doing the PvE in Sea of Thieves, and maybe you do want the loot, because it is tens of thousands of goals in that vault, and you are fighting these waves of skeletons, and it's not easy. There's like between anywhere between five and ten waves i think and then you fight fight a boss skeleton um the combat is pretty painful so the the best thing to do in those situations is to just drag all the skeletons to a cannon and have someone on your boat kill the skeletons for you so you don't have to use the swords and you don't have to use the pistols but if you are doing that and then someone comes and tries to kill you it can be annoying but you you fight them off but then the problem with that is ran they they just spawn on the next island and then come back and they spawn and come back and That's they spawn that... with full resources mm -hmm. and you don't. I, and I've seen injured. I've seen those posts on Reddit where a guy was like, "I'm playing solo. I have five chests. I got this team that is chasing after me, right? And they can't catch me, so they scuttle their ship and they literally spawn at the outpost I'm going to, chasing me. Yeah. I outmaneuver them, go to a different outpost. They scuttle their ship and they spawn at that outpost." Yeah. The the responding stuff just doesn't make any See, any this, sense. This is another thing. I also spoke to Rare about this. Like a lot of these issues that are coming up now are things that I spoke to Rare about because I, I played extensively in the alpha and the beta and I had concerns about the spawning system. I actually said in my interview with Mike Chapman, which is on Windows Central, I said it's really, really annoying when you um if you defeat someone in PvP. And then they spawn on the next island and just come and fight you again. Like you don't ever get a breather. And that's even and that's become even worse with the school thoughts because you're stuck in the same place for so long. Everyone knows where you is, where you are, sorry. Even if you kill them over and over again, they'll just keep coming back until you've got no resources left. And um they said to me that they would look at increasing the distance, the spawn distance. So like when you did kill someone, they spawned further away so you could get more of a breather. But they didn't do that for some reason. Like, even though I thought that was really good feedback, and and clearly, judging by what people are saying now, it, it probably was good feedback. Yeah. So, um, there are there are a ton of things to be disappointed about in Sea of Thieves. Um. Well, hold on, GQ Gamer 
he uh he hit the donation super chat again and says how do you feel about sea of thieves compared to no man's sky now i've seen this brought up a lot and i think it's a valid compare comparison in one particular way not overall uh because no man's sky was hyped to the moon and it didn't offer basic things that they were promising like multiplayer right it was they they were kind of selling you a lie whereas like sea of thieves was they were very much kind of like this is what the game is however i think the the lack of content available at launch for both those games was startling and i also think that a year from now sea of thieves would be the game that everybody thought it would have been at launch much like no man's sky is right now uh people have because no man's sky still doesn't have multiplayer i mean that doesn't I know, but if you if you if you actually like read some of the reviews of people who play No Man's Sky now, it's like a way better game than yeah, it was I've at heard, launch. I've heard that, right? But and I, I think Sea of Thieves is going to be the same. Like, here's to me: like, I don't know much about game development. I know this game's been in there for four years, right? Four years is a long time. The fact that this game has four enemy types, one enemy type, four different variations, is mind-boggling to me. How is there only one enemy type to fight? with four different variations in four years of development. How was there only chickens, snakes, and pigs? Why are most of the islands completely barren? Like some of the decision, some of the decisions just truly baffle me. And honestly, I don't say this to be mean because I want the game to be successful. And I hope there are people, millions of people out there on game pass enjoying the game. But honestly, truly sea of thieves feels like an early access title. That is being sold for sixty bucks. I agree, but hopefully, I, I think that's a fair assessment. It feels like it kind of reminds me of um, some other games where they they get the engine down and then they start filling it with content later on. You know, um, mm. but usually those games are early access games, and I think one of the biggest one of the biggest reasons people feel cheated is because it is sixty dollars. I don't think it's a sixty dollar game, especially since it's 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 especially confusing because uh state of decay 2 is going to launch at 30 dollars so it's kind of like if this is what they consider to be a 60 dollar game what the hell do they consider state of decay to be you know and um it's it's uh it is confusing but at the same time it it is it does have this game pass option and it feels again like microsoft is using one of their first party studios as a guinea pig Kind of like um, how they use Quantum Break to test the the Xbox Play Anywhere stuff, and they used uh, you know Killer Instinct as well to test that to some degree, and they wanted Fable Legends to be this service driven game, and Project Spark was like the the window the Windows 8 cross platform game and stuff like that. They're using they're using CFTs as a guinea pig to test how well they can um, uh, upsell xbox game pass and um by making it 60 dollars, it's kind of like wow the 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 logical thing to do is to get game pass here and like it's honestly it's a no-brainer if you want to try sea of thieves picking it up on game pass is a no-brainer especially since all the people are saying now that the 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 thing that the thing to say about sea of thieves is that it's got no content and it doesn't you know it's it's really disappointing when um for example the game world is so like beautiful. intriguing. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Like, like the, I, the sunsets. Oh my god, the game yeah. the, literally 
I don't know how many times we were saying this when we were playing, but like every screen could be a screenshot. It looks that good. Yeah, it's gorgeous. And like for example, I was um I was sailing uh in the middle of nowhere and I just saw I, uh, a mass sticking up out the water. So I was like, what is that? And um, I, I dived down and like, I found this underwater cave and um, uh, I went, I dived down through this underwater cave and this underwater cave was really cool. It had like uh, paintings on the walls. It had like little parrot skeletons everywhere. But it was like, if this was any other game, there would have been some kind of loot in there to encourage me to explore rather than just some random 3D models that dropped there. You know, and in the when I was playing, when I was playing at Rare, I discovered an underwater cave that had a statue in it, and I thought, oh, this this must be something really interesting that's not implemented yet. But I saw someone else found that cave too, and it is just a cave with a statue in it that doesn't do anything. It's it's it does feel like the game's not finished. It feels like an early access title, and like I when I was at Rare. And I was seeing all this stuff that they were they were saying to me, yeah, this is better, this is better. I thought all this stuff was stuff that was going to be implemented, like the like the potion shops, for example. Like above above all of the um, uh, the order of souls, uh, order of souls, um, uh, quest givers. Above all of those shops in the alpha, is a po it was an empty potion shop. But they, all the doors have been closed for the full game, and those doors have been locked. So there's obviously some kind of potion system that's supposed to be coming to the game, uh, but they they weren't implemented. So it's kind of like, where is all this content that seems to be planned that hasn't arrived? Like there's no there's no there's no crabs in the game, Dude, man. The thing is, crabs? I remember I remember <laughs> playing I remember playing the alpha. Back in December of 2016, right? Mm. So, like a year and a half ago, and I remember thinking to myself, "Okay, what are you doing this game? There's got to be more." And the alpha almost was a true representation of the full game. Yeah, they could say, "Well, we we had only one quest giver, the gold hoarders," but it doesn't matter because the Merchant Alliance and the Order of Souls are, are literally the same thing. Go here, find something, bring it back, right? And it's like. I, I don't I don't get it. Like, I mean, I enjoyed playing with my buddies a lot. Like, I, I, I really had a great time. We put 20 hours into it. And, you know, if you're really enjoying, if you're listening to this and uh, you're, you know, really enjoying Sea of Thieves, awesome. I'm so happy for you that you're having a blast with the game. I don't mean to rain on your parade. I hope you enjoy Sea of Thieves for as long as you play it. You know, and I believe C I believe Rare will support the game. And I, I truly think in six months, a year from now, Sea of Thieves might be the game that we were originally supposed to get. I just I look at this game and I see the potential, but I just see the potential not being fulfilled to its to its greatest, you know what I mean? Like yeah, I don't no, know how else to say that, you know. <laughs> that's that's the thing, Rand. It's like this needed to be handled better. Right. If it was, if the game wasn't ready, they needed to put it in early access and just say, "Yeah, we admit, Sea of Thieves isn't ready. It's going into early access now, or open beta, or something," and um and put it that way. But they have, and they are, they kind of are doing it that way because they've compared their their development ethos. They have compared it to Minecraft to me, where where Minecraft was developed with the community. They made the Minecraft engine. 
back in the day and they were like what does minecraft need now to be more fun and that people said minecraft needs this and it went from just being a lego builder to like a full-blown survival game based on player feedback but the difference is minecraft was made by one guy <laughs> and sea of thieves is owned by microsoft who have billions of dollars now the expectations between an indie dev like notch who made minecraft and microsoft who have billions of dollars the difference in expectation is huge so it's kind of like that you have to do things to manage those expectations and microsoft always do this they have this thing of overhyping stuff and i buy into the overhype when they overhype things i overhype it too because they it works on me and i don't i think i'm going to stop i'm going to try to not get bought buy into the hype so much anymore but um but they do they overhype it you know they got billboards for this game they got like proper proper ads for these games you know and and stuff like that and they did the same for PUBG, and it's this but the difference with PUBG, at least they've said PUBG is a early access game so because PUBG is an early access game at least they can just say oh well it's, it's a game preview game you know it's not finished blah 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 they should have done that for Sea of Thieves as well man and it probably wouldn't be getting as criticized as it is because that's just the way it is people have this expectation of Microsoft as a as a first party studio who are supposed to be shepherding quality content for the xbox um they're not delivering you know and they're consistently not delivering and not only that if um if uh if microsoft had this reputation for supporting their products post-launch maybe they wouldn't be so bad either but the thing is microsoft modern microsoft doesn't support their products post launch they cancel they cut they downsize they get cold feet and bail they're kind of cowardly these days they don't take big risks anymore and i don't know why they they've become like this but they've become this really timid company that just doesn't make big bets anymore you know they 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 say a lot of nice things and they do these these nice tech demos like hololens was revealed in 2015 and where is it now it's nowhere you know because they can't invest they 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 released cortana before amazon echo was a thing and alexa was a thing and where's cortana now it's gone yeah because microsoft doesn't they don't invest and they don't nurture their products so it's kind of like can we expect that sea of thieves will get that kind of nurturing that it needs to grow and like cool bass in chat just said phil said on twitter today that they are in full support of sea of thieves and they do have a post-launch plan and uh stuff like that but they need to prove it you know they need to mm -hmm. give us a roadmap sooner more than later well they need to yeah they, let me they need to prove it and they just haven't been proven it right lately. uh so i want to shout out the friendly neighbor of blue shell for the 20 dollars super chat and he says thanks ryan for your honest review you will be my first super chat donation for your detailed analysis i really uh thank you for that and uh yeah i mean i always try to keep it uh as honest as i possibly can when i review games because i love games and I want to see it thieves to be great. I think it can still be great, 
there's just some issues that we currently have with the game. Now, Jez, uh, they had server issues, um, presumably because of Game Pass. A lot of people playing it for $10. Uh, they said they had a million unique users in 48 hours, 5,000 people uh, getting in every uh, you know f- one minute. And they were very transparent on that on uh, on t- on, uh, on YouTube. What do you think about their transparency compared to some of the other companies? You, you would like to see that more going forward about how honest and open they were about it? Well, they kind of had no choice, but it is it is to raise credit that they be- basically did come on. They kind of did. They did come on to uh, YouTube and they released this pretty frank video. That's they were basically saying we didn't expect. We didn't expect the uh, the scale to happen, and I I did some digging, you know, because you know I'm I'm not that happy with Microsoft recently, and um, I did I did uh, speak to people at Rare, and I was just like, did Microsoft nickel and dime you on the service here, you know? And they were like, no, they didn't nickel and dime us on the service. We just honestly did not expect this much attention even from the scale test they they didn't expect it they 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 were optimistic about how many people there would be in but they they weren't that optimistic so they did they weren't nickel and dimed on the servers and stuff like that i mean i i I Um, think sea of thieves does bring people to game pass so if that was like the true purpose of it and getting people like to to know of it and to try it out it probably was a good uh, idea but then i look at i look at state of decay 2 and i watch the ign videos and that game's 30 dollars, but that game seems to have way more content content and depth than sea of thieves ever will at long you know what i'm like you know what i'm saying for half the price like I, I i don't know i would love to know what exactly kind of went on uh with the development and shout out to joe mars for the super chat saying shout out to both of you always a pleasure to tune in thanks for Thanks for tuning in, man. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. But I I don't know. I'm not a game developer. I don't know how long these things take. I don't run a multi-billion dollar business. I don't know what it takes to keep Xbox afloat or any or Sony on any of these things. I just look at like a game like A Way Out, you know, that I played for six hours and had one of the best co-op experiences ever. And then I look, which clearly was developed on not that big of a budget. And then I look at Sea Thieves, which is four years in the budget, you know, Microsoft Studio game, millions and millions of dollars. And yeah, it's got pretty, pretty water, you know, good <laughs> boat physics, you know, like great sunsets and all this stuff. But I'm like, where's like, like you have skull forts, you have three fetch quest givers and you have a Kraken with nobody like, and, and the world is empty. And I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand you know, like, I know, I think I'm more disappointed by the potential because I see greatness in this title. I see what it could be, yeah, what I it mean, should be. You know what I mean? It's like it's like um, we're bitching about the game, but I only play with other, with friends. You know, I only play with friends, and I usually only play it when I'm streaming as well on Mixer. And um, when I'm playing and streaming with friends, four people, I don't think about the fact that it doesn't have a, a super in-depth campaign and i don't think about any of this stuff because i'm just having fun you know like um last night there was uh there was there was a group of players um attacking us and they they sunk our boat um because i was messing around and i was playing with noobs and uh sorry matt and um when they uh, sunk our boat 
we had like one chest and I took it and I put the chest on a rock in the middle of the sea and I just started waving and uh, they pulled up their boat and dropped the anchor and they were really confused by me waving and off like I was offering them a chest and I think they wanted to like role play that they had, they were going to take me prisoner or something and I was giving them his chest to try and apologize for trying to, to sink their boat but while they were distracted Matt swam under their boat climbed up on the ladder behind them and killed them all <laughs> while they were looking at me waving and that was just hilarious and that, that's a kind of magic that I that I've had in Sea of Thieves that you can't manufacture it's kind of like that is a genuinely great experience that I had in Sea of Thieves. And it was as a result of the tools the game had given me, like the emotes, the physical, the physical quest reward and stuff. There are some really, really great elements in Sea of Thieves that work really well, but it doesn't do enough of the things that players really expect of a modern AAA game. Like the, the islands are barren. They just have tons of snakes on them. Some islands have so many snakes. I just, I just don't know how many snakes got there. You know, and um, and then you get these islands that have all these snakes on them, and then you get like these these hidden underwater caves that have nothing in them. They don't have chests in them. They don't have any kind of reward for exploring. There's no real rewards for exploring. Everything in the physic, everything in the game that is um typical of a game, like a world, an open world, it doesn't really have any of that stuff. And like even in Minecraft, for God's sake there's loads of different kinds of enemies in Minecraft. There's loads of different ecosystems in Minecraft. There's loads of different types of like things and ways you can interact with those different items and stuff. Like in, in Minecraft, in Minecraft, you can kill the chickens and get crafting materials and you can, you can cook the chickens meat and, and stuff like that. And see if there's all you can do is pick the chickens up and sell them. You know, it's like they've made this amazing basis for a game, but it's like you said, it's an early access title. This yeah. isn't a $60 tile. And um, I love Rare, and I want to see the game succeed, and I gave them tons of feedback. And I even wrote, like, like test reviews for the game, you know? And I bought some of these issues, like, it's not that much to do. But I'm, I'm realizing now in the full game, I've started, like, um, I've started realizing that uh, they have a different vision to the game than what, people want maybe and that sort of stuff i don't know man i'm looking forward to the future and i hope they share their roadmap sooner rather than later because you know they they're patting themselves on the back now about topping twitch and i've said to people i don't think they'll be in the top 10 come next week because everyone's going to move on i mean, I could be totally wrong but it's like you say Ren, i don't think it's got the the staying power you know i don't think there's enough reason to keep playing it when sometimes it's you spend like hours and hours trying to find an enemy to fight and sometimes they they just aren't any yeah and also i mean they told me there'd be rewards for killing the kraken too and i don't think there is any i don't think there is any i mean if you're enjoying sea of thieves i I'm, I'm happy for you like i, I don't mean to rain it like if you're enjoying it and you disagree with everything you say that's great that's fine. Like uh, power to you. Cause I know people that, that are, and if you have those experiences that Jez talked about and that's why you play it. Fantastic. Um, it's just not my type of game. And I realized that, you know, I'm always going to a game with an open mind and, uh, I wanted to like see thieves cause I, I think there's potential there. And I still think 
it can be a truly great game. I just I just didn't think it was at launch, and and hopefully it'll be there soon. But you know, there is another bigger topic here we have to discuss, Jazz, and uh, that's the PlayStation or Xbox games coming to PlayStation, right? Am I right? Uh, what is this? Rumor? I mean, it's not a rumor. I mean, okay. So you recall last week after we did the podcast, Microsoft announced their new cloud gaming division, right? That Kareem Chowdhury is heading up. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, you know, going out there and recruiting developers to use their Azure servers. And they said Rainbow Six Siege uses Azure on PlayStation, Xbox, and all that stuff. And it's Microsoft's mission, Xbox's mission, to reach 2 billion gamers, because that's how many they think will be there in a few years. 2 billion gamers, and they want to reach each and every one of them. And then, of course, they talked about, uh, you know, building a streaming service to reach those gamers. But everybody always kind of jumps to the thing, well, it's like, does this mean... Does this mean Xbox is going to be on PlayStation? Can I play Halo on my PS5? Can I play Sea of Thieves on my PS5? Um, you know, we talked about this. Me and you talked about this in the podcast way before any of this stuff broke. You know, we were kind of ahead of the curve on this. But, I mean, what do you think about all this stuff? Is is streaming the future of Xbox Yeah, going beyond? Is. Okay. I, I mean, we, talk, we talked about this on previous shows, but... I um I bought Mixer for a reason, you know. Mixer has the technology to deliver streaming games, and even has the technology now to stream your Xbox controller inputs over the internet. That that's the infrastructure that it needs to create a true streaming service. And also, Microsoft just opened two new data centers in Germany, you know, and uh, the, they are moving servers out across their core markets because they are preparing to do more streaming streaming services and stuff like that. Like I was streaming on Mixer this morning and I almost had like, the the latency was incredible. Like I was, um, it was almost like one-to-one latency between what I was playing and what I was seeing on my stream. It was incredible. And I want to emphasize this is off peak hours and using a hundred megabyte fiber. Um, So, you know, it was, it was really impressive and also no, no controller inputs as well. Um, maybe maybe that kind of streaming wouldn't be playable for PUBG or it wouldn't be playable for um, Battlefield and stuff like that. But it'd be totally playable for offline games. It'd be totally playable for something like Surviving Mars or or Darkest Dungeon or, you know, turn-based games like XCOM and stuff like that. It'd be totally playable, you know. I'd, I'd love to play XCOM 2 on my phone just streaming it, you know. It's turn-based. It, the latency wouldn't affect anything. However, however, um, do I think that streaming is going to be replacing Xbox anytime soon? No, I don't think no. that. I think it's. I think it'll be an option that it'll stands option. alongside the console. Yes, you I know? agree. Too. I think, I think, I think next gen uh, with the launch of the Xbox Two, you'll have the option to choose how you want to consume Xbox content. Do you want to buy the most powerful console ever, Part 2, in the Xbox 2, play games at 4K60 natively, locally? Um, you have that option. You'll be able to play Gears 5, Forza Motorsport 8, the new Fable, all that stuff. However, if you're not an Xbox fan, but you do have a PC, uh, a TV, uh, potentially a Switch, I do think they'll have this game streaming service along with Game Pass that you can subscribe to. And Microsoft wants you as their customer, no matter where you're at, except for PlayStation. 
more likely because PlayStation would never allow it in the first place rather than Microsoft not wanting it to be there. Um, I, I, you know what I mean? Like, I think, I think PlayStation is like, yeah, we, we don't want you accessing our user base to make money. Uh, cause as user base, we call to, you know, very carefully cultivated over like 20 years. Um, but yeah, Microsoft, they just want to, they just want to be everywhere. It's like what they're doing as a company as whole, like, you know, you have office and all these different, uh, programs that are on iOS and everywhere. And that's how Microsoft makes its money. Azure servers, like they sell it to anybody that wants to buy it. And it's that philosophy that is going to make its way to Xbox and they're going to put everything everywhere. Um, However, they need to know and understand that they need to have quality games for people to want to play on a streaming service. You can't offer last year's lineup to anybody on a streaming PC or whatever and be like, you want to play... Uh, you know, uh, Voodoo Vince and Phantom Dust as part of Game Pass because nobody's going to want to do it. So the idea is you need to have content, you need to have timely content, and you need to have great content coming into Xbox Game Pass via Xbox streaming so people on not on the Xbox platform want to consume that content and stay subscribed. That's the only way you're going to reach those 2 billion gamers and actually make money over the course of time. Right? Am I am I right on that? Yeah, you're right. But have no fear, Xbox fans. The console's not going anywhere. So if you want to, you know, get the console, play your games in the best ways possible, uh, you can do that. All the third-party games, Microsoft's first party, they just need to realize that, uh, and I, I think they do. I think they do. Uh, they just, they, they need to put out the content. Um, it's, it's good. I don't know how people are going to accept this though, because a lot of people still live with the, uh, I don't want to say the console warrior mindset, but a mindset of if, if I can play a game on another platform, then what do I need that platform for? Right. It's kind of the quantum break argument. You put quantum break on PC. It's a game I wanted to play. I have a PC. What do I need an Xbox for? And there were people that feel that way. Like if you can play all the Xbox games, on your TV with a small purchase of a controller, perhaps, or maybe a $10 subscription. Why buy a $400 or $500 machine, right? For a lot of people, they'd be like, you know what? I have a Switch. I'll just play my Xbox games on the Switch on the go um, and forego spending the amount of money it would take to buy the console. Uh, it's it's definitely going to be a weird experience for a lot of people when and if this happens two to three years from now Mm. and the writing's on the wall i don't phil said this stuff countless times in interviews but people refuse to see it like right in front of them they they announced the game the gaming cloud division and one of its goals is to reach as many people as possible it's literally right in front of you guys it's going to happen and people are people are going to lose their shit (laughs) you know yeah i think um but this is the thing, you know, I just, I've been covering Microsoft now as a hobby for two years and then professionally for three years. And um, in that time, I've kind of, it's, it's, it's oxymoronic, you know, because Microsoft share price has grown and grown and grown and grown and gotten bigger and gotten bigger since I started covering them. But the, the quality of all the service I use, I use from Microsoft has just seemed to have gone down and gone down and gone down. 
and the the quality of um everything they do just seems to be going down and and all the they just keep disappointing me you know like i was a big fan of microsoft five years ago and now i just sort of expect to be disappointed by them so the thing is they can have all the streaming service they want you know but it's like you say they need quality content for it and they've consistently shown they can't deliver that content without third party help and it's true across their whole product line they just don't except for office and azure you know now office and azure is the reason their surface their their share price is growing i mean surfaces aren't selling that well um it's a billion dollar business but you know it's not lighting the world on fire it's uh xbox is obviously losing losing out to playstation and nintendo every month and there's there's been predictions that switch is going to overtake playstation this year right Mm -hmm. potentially and um and uh microsoft keeps consistently putting out games that either should have been delayed or shouldn't have been overhyped or should have been um not had announced dates and made and stuff like that and you know and even stuff like skype and all these other products are just terrible i mean skype is such a mess right now they're trying to rip off snapchat and it's like why it's like it feels a lot lot of the time it feels like a lot of these products are just on autopilot autopilot almost and um and the thing is i know that's not true of xbox and i know phil spencer genuinely cares about xbox and i know that the whole team genuinely care about xbox and there's there is so much passion at xbox for for what they do but at the same time it's just like i don't know if i don't i don't know what it is now i don't know if it's like i don't know if it's that they can they don't have enough money i don't know if they don't have the right people i don't know i don't know what's going on there you know it just it just feels really strange i don't know man yeah i mean um... i don't if they, and, and it's just like if they do have this streaming service and they do bring xbox exclusives to android and stuff like that it's kind of like it's not going to matter if the games aren't good, you know? Yeah, exactly. Shout out to Carlos Cripson for the $2 super chat. He says, Peter Moore is the guy who brought games to Xbox. And, I mean, yep, yeah, he was kind of in charge of the 360 when it started taking off, and then Don Matrick kind of inherited that success and then eventually sunk the brand. But, yeah, I mean, Peter Moore, guys like Jay Allard, uh, they did a lot to kind of uh, make the 360 what it was. It's just... um. It's a hard thing because, like, the way Xbox is now and the exclusive stuff, it's it's they're in a rough spot for comparison purposes. You know, I know people say like, well, don't compare God of War to Sea of Thieves or Sea of Thieves to Super Mario Odyssey and all that stuff, but people do because that is just human nature. They compare you know one thing to the other, and you know they see Sony doing God of War, which you know I don't know if you saw any of the footage that came out from the um preview event looks like a, another killer uh you know story driven gameplay extravaganza and it's more than likely going to be 90s on metacritic and it's going to be adored and then you see xbox kind of struggling to make something as relevant maybe with hardcore gamers you know because i mean god of war appeals to maybe people like myself uh i think it would even appeal to someone like you 
Uh, Dude, if you I'm, thought I'm, I'm this close to buying a PlayStation just for God of War. I mean, I, you said you liked the Days Gone, like uh, uh, Days Gone is kind of my least anticipated. But man, I watched that God of War footage. I was like, like whole, like how do they love, do this? I love violent games. I know and you do. And that game doesn't give me them. It gives me cartoony violent. games and stuff like that. You know, which is it's fine. You know, if you like cartoony games, great. I don't. I want violence and blood and chainsaws. Which is why I like Gears of War. But when's the next Gear of War coming out? 2019? 20, I mean, if Halo's next year, God of War's 2020. I mean, Jeez. you know, there's the... I would imagine they would want to launch it for with the console. I mean, that would be a good... Like, hey, here's the Xbox 2. You can play Forza Motorsport 8 and God of War 5 in 4K60 or whatever. Uh, that would be a good selling point. Microsoft tends to have, uh, like, better beginnings to generations than end of generations clearly from the 360 to right now um and sony tends to have better ends of generations than beginnings mm. and clearly i mean we, we've we've seen it happen yet again um but yeah i mean you know i've heard rumors of a forza a third forza franchise potentially yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you've heard that um you know i everything i think they're trying to do is geared towards next gen now whether that's a winning strategy or not i don't know uh, i think the whole idea of generations is just they killed it with the x you know they killed they've killed or was that just a marketing ploy was that just something was that just marketing speak so they could get people to buy a new system a third system for for that gen i don't know i don't know if we have generations anymore with uh, xbox well i well, i mean you I mean, it's possible the next system that comes out is an Xbox One family member. Or you know what? Maybe the next Xbox comes out and you know what the streaming service is for? To stream some of the current gen games on the, these set of consoles that couldn't play them natively or something. I don't know. Either way. all I know for a fact that all Xbox One games that work on the Xbox One and Xbox One X, that will work on the next Xbox. I know that for a fact. Well, you heard it here first. Judge knows it for a fact. Well, I don't. I don't know it for a fact. Fact, but I don't I know for a hundred percent fact, like ninety percent fact. <laughs> yeah, I just know it. I just know from talking to the team and the fact that it's an x eighty six architecture, architecture that it it is going to be. It's going to be forwards compatible, and and they've they've gone deep on talking about how they believe in preserving the legacy of games. Blah 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 blah. blah. You know, it's not. Backwards compatibility wasn't just about money. It was about yeah. having a big continuous library across generations. And they're not going to throw away what they built upon the Xbox One to start over again. No, no chance. I mean, sure, like the games that work on the Xbox Two, maybe they will, um, maybe they won't work on the previous Xbox One, the base Xbox One. Maybe they won't. But I know for a fact that all the games on the Xbox One right now, they will work on the next Xbox. Right, because that's that's just their philosophy now. But so, Jez, uh, you you were you were 100% sure though that Sea of Thieves would have more content and launch, you know? Well, it does. Got him. <laughs> it's got the skull for. I know, I know, I know. I'm just just having fun with that. But yeah, I so mean, this is the thing about all that stuff, man. Like when they were describing skull forts to me, and I wrote an article about skull forts. In my head, it was a lot better than it was in real life. No, I think I, it would be better if it wasn't the if if the if if the skull fort wasn't fifteen waves and the and the 
the, the combat was just better. It's just not fun to fight skeletons. You know what I mean? It, not at all. In no way, shape, or fun is it fun to fight the skeletons in Sea of Thieves. No, I didn't. Uh, it's fun to fight the ships. It's not even fun to fight other people in that game with the with the combat the way it is. The like the ship to ship stuff is is fantastic, but I don't know. Like, hopefully, it's improved. Um, but yeah, I mean, so the streaming stuff, uh, I think you can look forward to in a couple years. It's not going to be on PlayStation mainly because Sony would never allow it. They won't even allow crossplay. They won't even allow EA access on their on their system. They're definitely not going to allow Microsoft to access their user base to make money and inflate their monthly active users. You know what I mean? Because it would require you to sign into Xbox Live and all that stuff. There is like 0% chance, in my opinion, that Sony would ever allow something like that. And Nintendo? Yeah, I, possibly, right? I think, yeah, I don't think Sony will allow it. But I think Nintendo will. And that that's the interesting. It's like um if uh will will Sony put that that would be really funny, right? If if um Microsoft put Xbox Xbox Now on the Switch and then Sony put PlayStation Now on the Switch to compete with Xbox there. Xbox Now, that's a good name. That's a good name, but then yeah. PlayStation Now or how about how about Xbox right now? Eh, that's probably too long. Xbox. What would be a good name for the streaming service? Let's let's make some up. Well, it's going to be called Mix of Play, isn't it? You think it's going to be Mix Play? Nah. Xbox Mix Play? No, 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 it isn't. That, that's a lie. Um, I know what that Mix Play thing is for, but I can't tell you because it's under embargo. Oh, I mean, what, 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 chat? What do you think is a good name for the Xbox streaming service? Um, Xbox, Xbox Direct. Xbox Direct is pretty good. Yeah, Xbox Direct. That is pretty good. <laughs> Xbox. Yeah. Ugh, Xbox two weeks ago says Nimbus. Xbox Play, Xbox Play, yeah, X Xbox done. Come on now, God. Um, Xbox Stream. That's some good ones there. Um, there's so many salty PlayStation fanboys in the chat today. Well, as part of the remember when I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of people out there that are really taking pleasure in seeing Sea of Thieves uh, receive the low review scores that it's getting. Like they're honestly like. So sitting sad. there like yes we want to see rare. i mean here's here's a thought I, I was having last night with my friends as i was playing a way out and talking about it for some and this is not all for all you guys this is just a subsection of the playstation people that i've experienced on on youtube and twitter uh it's not enough for playstation to succeed but xbox has to fail you it's know what so i mean sad. it's what? like do you think if Sony, if Sony like had no competition, um, if Sony had no competition whatsoever, do you think they'd be pushing so hard on AAA games? They wouldn't be pushing this hard. They'd be reaping in the profits instead. It's only because of the profit that Xbox, uh, the competition that Xbox tries so hard, and that Sony tries so hard. You know, it's the, the competition is the only thing driving Sony to make to make these quality games. And if there wasn't any competition, they wouldn't be making these quality games. They wouldn't be make. They probably wouldn't be making any games. They'd just be letting third parties make the games, and they just sit back and reap all the profits. I, I literally have had people say to me, uh, "Are you, you know, are you disappointed in Xbox's exclusive games?" And I'm like, "Yeah, of course I am. I mean, who wouldn't be? They don't really appeal to me." They're like, "Well, why don't you move to Sony? They're they're bringing out bangers." And I'm like, "Well, I have a PlayStation." I'll play the bangers when they come out. 
yeah, but Microsoft's fucking up. Don't you don't you want to go to PlayStation? It's like, listen, you may not be understanding me. Like, <laughs> what does it matter to you where I play the Division Two or the next Call of Duty or Far Cry Five or any of the multi-platform games and indies that come out? What does it matter if I play it on PlayStation or Xbox? What does it matter to you? Oh, it doesn't. You just want me to say I'm giving up on Xbox and moving to PlayStation so it fits your personal and console war agenda. It's like, you don't understand. I own 1,200 games on the Xbox One. All my friends are here that I play multiplayer with every single night. I love the controller. I love Xbox Live. Like, why would I give that up to play everything else on PlayStation? The PlayStation is there for one reason, to play exclusives when Sony puts out a really good one. Other than that, I can get everything else on my on my Xbox. Like it's like it's like they're they're dumbfounded by, oh, you know, because to them it's like you you can't you can't play an Xbox because they have no games, even though there's thousands of the them. The worst thing is this, a lot of these people are grown grown adults who they are so emotionally invested in their console choices that they they attack people who don't like their console. And it's kind of like, how sad are you? You know, just get get a life, enjoy, celebrate gaming. Don't attack people if they play things that you don't like. I have no interest in buying a Switch, but I totally get why people do like Switch, and I totally respect people who own Switch. I mean, it's sad to. Find. And you can even kind of go along to the lines of the people like saying something to someone who really does enjoy Sea of Thieves. Like, hey, I'm having a good time in Sea of Thieves, but then they'll come in and butt in the conversation, like, oh. How could you be enjoying this? There's no content. It's like, let him enjoy what he enjoys, for Christ's sake. You didn't have to butt in, but they take pleasure in other people's, like, misery. Or, or like, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, if you don't like Sea of Thieves and you voice your displeasure about it, great. You know, rare take that feedback. But if you're actively going out and, and like, griefing people that do like Sea of Thieves, then, then you have problems. You know what I'm saying? Yep. But with... Uh... But with that, uh, I know we wanted to do a shorter show today because uh, it's Friday. So we are going to end it there. Uh, sorry, we no questions. Can we take some questions real quick? If you want to do some questions, we'll do some questions. Yeah, let's take some questions real quick from from you lovely people. And uh, smash that like button if you yeah, like the show. super smash that like button. And also, if you're on iTunes or one of the podcast service, drop us a review as well. It really helps us out. And we really appreciate it and all that good stuff. So thank, thanks for joining us, guys, for another show. And, man, this is kind of a, a depressing show, Ron. Hey, you, you could look at it depressing if, like, like, look, I think both me and you, we're, we're critical of Xbox One. It needs to be, right? Like, and and I, I, I'm super critical about Sea of Thieves because I think the game can be great. There's potential there. I just see potential squandered. Uh, it, I'm not one to call anything trash or anything like that. I I feel like it could be better, and I want Microsoft to be better. You know what I mean? Because as gamers, we get better things for it when everybody competes for everything. So, and as I said before, I think Microsoft is firing on two of three cylinders. They A plus on the console, A plus on the services and Xbox Live, the backwards compatibility. It's just that first party is severely lacking when compared to their contemporaries. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, indeed. I mean, it's the criticism comes from a place of love. You know, I've grown to know loads of people at Xbox over the years, and 
and Rare and other companies. And I don't like criticizing people. I don't like criticizing anyone. But it's like, if you don't accept the negative criticism in anything, you won't grow, you know? Mm. So there's that. Um, uh, you want to answer Skopsky's uh, question first? He says, what do you think Microsoft needs to do E3 for it, be, for it to be considered a success? I think they need to show some some really high quality games like cinematic photorealistic blockbuster type hollywood kind of games because that's the only game type of game that's really going to start to win win the argument that they aren't capable of making these big sort of experiences and we knew what sea of thieves was we knew what state of decay was and we knew what crackdown was and those games were in development before Phil Spencer was senior leadership team at Microsoft. So hopefully we'll get to see some games that have been greenlit that have really compelling, really interesting um, visuals and, you know, high quality across the board. And, uh, you know, whether it's developed by a second party or whether it's developed by Xbox, one of the big Xbox studios, I just like to see more ambition come out of that. What do you think, Ryan? I mean, personally, I I need I want to see, like I literally just said, I think the console's great, A plus. I think the services and Xbox Live backwards compatibility, A plus. So the one area that I think Xbox needs to focus on is the games, and so for me, they need to show behind the curtain again. They I need to know what's coming out in two years, and I you know I would love to see a new brand new AAA IP. That that would satisfy me. I want to see Fable Four because I think Playground Games is going to kill it. Uh, but they need to let people know what the roadmap is. None of this. We we don't want to show anything until it's too early. It doesn't work. You've done it. Like you need clear. Clearly, Sony's way is the better way in this one because you have too many people just grasping at straws trying to figure out what's happening because you won't share your roadmap for you know outside of twelve months. And you have to do that this year because the only game you have left is Crackdown 3 that's still to come out, which kind of goes with Ed Torrey's question. He says, what's up with Crackdown? Getting canceled? 30 bucks? It's not canceled. It's definitely coming. As for price, who knows? Like, honestly, like, I could see it being $30. I could see it being $60. Uh, you know, State of Decay 2 is $30. I could have saw that being 60 and it State of Decay 2 seems to have way more things going for it than the Sea of Thieves, which is 60. I don't know about Crackdown. I don't know how in-depth the single player is going to be. I don't know how like the multiplayer is going to be. It's a complete mystery to us, although I do think we'll get a beta exactly at E3. What do you think about Crackdown, Jez? Crackdown, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not the most experienced journalist in the world. You know, I'm, I'm doing my best to learn and grow. And I've, start, I've started to learn to stop listening to people at Microsoft who say this is going to be good. <laughs> I'm learning to stop that. So while I have heard from people that I do genuinely trust that Crackdown 3 has improved as a result of its delay, um, I'm not sure whether those people can really offer an objective view of those games because they work for the company. So I think with Crackdown 3, it's going to be a huge wait and see from me now because... I think that's, and I do notice that some of the the legit journalists like Ryan McCaffrey and stuff like that, they are really um, conservative about offering their opinions ahead of the review. You know, they they don't get hyped for games because they 
they know not to get sucked into the marketing and um i think i'm starting to learn and grow as well in that in that way so uh, crackdown 3 i'm just going to have no expectations for it i played it at e3 i thought it was kind of fun but now i just don't know man it's like you i don't know i just don't i kind of don't trust microsoft so much anymore when it comes to um the what they're saying they're gonna do i just need to wait and see now um i just want to grab this question from hang on let me scroll up blah 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 barbie outfits and sea of thieves what are your thoughts <laughs> i knew you were gonna grab that one <laughs> it's joking. that's that's more rand's thing I'll, I'll let rand field that one if he feels like it um there was one question i'm trying to find it uh blah 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 jez any update on the missing enhanced games resident evil 7 etc see this is really strange because resident evil 7 is a uwp game it's got a 4k mode it works on pc in theory all they need to do to make resident evil 7 4k on xbox one is to change the metadata in the manifest file to make it 4k so um i might reach out to capcom and ask what the hell's going on there because uh maybe there needs to be some extra optimization that needs to be done for the xbox one x or something i don't know but it should especially resident evil 7 i would have thought would be here already but um doom recently got switched over to coming soon so i did see that yeah maybe doom will be 4k so last question i'll drain your soul says, do you think Microsoft relies too much on Gears, Halo, and Forza to push Xbox? 100% absolutely. They rely too much on their proven franchises, which I think is a detriment at this point. Uh, Halo's from the OG Xbox era. Gears is from the beginning of the 360 era. Forza's from the OG Xbox era. They haven't created something new and unique for this gen, but they rely on it far, far too much. You know, like I said, rumors of a third Forza franchise, rumors of a Gears spinoff, rumors of a Halo spinoff. You know, people people want to see fresh takes on existing franchises for sure. I mean, look at God of War. It went from a third person or, you know, a fixed camera gameplay kind of thing to a more over-the-shoulder Last of Us just, and people are really uh, appreciating the change. And people would love to see something similar to happen to Halo yeah, look or, at Resident Evil Seven. Yeah, look at yeah, Resident Evil Seven. And, yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't a huge success for Capcom Resident Evil Seven, but it was the highest, it was the most acclaimed Resident Evil Seven for years. Uh, Resident Evil for years. But they they do I rely on it too much, Jez. They do, they do yeah. rely on those games too much. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know if it's that they rely on the games as much as they rely on the studios that make those games. It's kind of like, I, I often see this argument sometimes that Microsoft should let the Coalition or Halo uh, 343 Industries make a different game. Um, and I think that, that, is, that is potentially something that would be interesting. Like the, there's a lot of talent at these studios. You know, I agree. And like, for example, like um, I, I visited Rare Studios uh, amazing privilege to have done so and um they they put their artists artwork on the walls at rare and there are like so many uh, concepts for characters and monsters and creatures and stuff like that like there is so much obvious talent at rare that hasn't manifested in 3d models in sea of thieves yet so I'd love to see what the the coalition could do with the Unreal Engine, and and make like a you know because there's some crazy good artwork in in um 
Gears of War. Like, imagine if they made a proper horror game with all those those fleshy textures they got going from it, stuff like that. I mean, I, I can't see Microsoft ever making a horror game because they don't they don't have broad enough appeal. And I know Microsoft doesn't like making niche games, but um, I'd love I'd love to see uh, the Coalition try something that wasn't Gears. At least the Coalition. I don't know. Rand, are you gone? Well, Rand's muted for a second. Uh, I'll answer a couple more questions while we wait for Rand to get back to wrap it up. Jez, what do you think of zero latency game streaming via console that renders and does sound with a server that does logic and physics for a shared persistent open world? Uh, I don't know. That's a that's a complicated question, man. Um, via console that renders and does the sound of the server. Physics. Do you mean it does the logic and physics locally and parts of it in the cloud? I don't know, man. But Phil Phil Spencer has talked about how he thinks uh, more games are going to use cloud processing, like Sea of Thieves, Water, and Crackdown, Crackdown's Destruction. So, and also they're doing that whole thing at GDC right now, talking to developers about how they can get leverage the cloud to create um, more compelling experiences. So, we'll just have to wait and see what happens there. I'm not sure if. Uh, it's uh gonna work out or whether it's just you know snake oil or something like a lot mm. of microsoft stuff seems to be right anyways um we went longer than we were supposed to uh but we appreciate everybody hanging out with us we had a ton of people listening to our take on all the sea of thieves and microsoft stuff uh if you enjoyed this podcast you want to show your support for the channel make sure you hit that like button subscribe to the channel as i drop videos all the time make sure you follow jazz on twitter his link is in the description jazz what do you got going on for the rest of the week buddy um for the rest of the week i'm going to be reviewing far cry 5 this weekend so look out for that on windows central next week if you prefer reading of course if you prefer watching videos as many people do these days rand is going to have a video up no doubt and oh, of that, course that'll be really you know it know it uh thank you guys watching here on youtube thank you guys watching that are on itunes and podbean and soundcloud make sure you hit the uh, like button leave a review and subscribe all that good stuff thanks everybody who donated today uh i thought we had a really good show and uh we'll see you back on wednesday so a short turnaround uh and we'll get this episode up in a couple days on the podcast services usually a tur- two-day turnaround so thanks guys for watching we appreciate it we love you all and uh we'll see you uh, in a few days Later. Take care, everybody.